The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. Um, um, okay. okay, going live. Um, and we're live. It is Thursday, August 5th, 5.02 p.m. Eastern Time, 2.02 p.m. Las Vegas time? Or 3.02? 2.02? What time is it there, Scott? It is uh, 2.02, excuse me. Okay. So, and uh, it's cheese night. And Scott has the monologue. I do. Thank you very much. Um, And uh, can I just say... um, uh, what a pleasure it is to be back together with y'all on cheese night, even when it's 2 p.m. here. Um, and displaced uh, by a day. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Um, uh, and thanks for uh, thanks for um, making the adjustment. So what? Oh, can people? Okay, you should have. Okay, because yeah, that was really loud. Okay, so what happens is that I get to Las Vegas. What was it? um, uh, Yesterday morning, and I, um, of course, I didn't do any research whatsoever about like how to pick up my badge. You know, because these conferences are are extremely expensive. Like Black Hat costs um, something like twenty three hundred dollars to get in. Um, it's really expensive if you're an academic and you can prove you're a full-time academic. Actually, you, it's only $900, but still it's a the lot. The Yale Law of, School discount. Yeah, right, right exactly. Because, well, compared to Google and all those places, it's, it is poor. Um, so, so whatever. So like, I, I, but, so I, 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 you know, picking up your badge is like a super important thing um, because it's a lot of money and you're not going to get in. Um, otherwise, and then I see that it says that uh, I finally look at the the email that my um, that my assistant had sent me about how to pick up my DEFCON badge, and it says that you need to bring proof of vaccination, which of course I didn't bring because I thought I was coming to Las Vegas, and I thought like in Las Vegas there were no rules about anything, and like and and besides I have like a photograph of my vaccination card you know, with all the serial numbers and everything like that. And I have the Yale system showing that I'm, and so I, of course, I like, you know, I get this like terrible, awful feeling in the pit of my stomach, you know, like I, like I'm a little kid again and I, uh, it's a field trip today and I got to school and I forgot my goddamn permission slip. Oh man, I get that feeling all the time, you know, about all kinds of things. Because I, I was the kid who went to an Orthodox day school and routinely forgot to bring my kippah because I was not religious. And when you did that, they made you buy a kippah. Um, And, you know, it was a kind of daily thing. How many did you end up with? Thousands and thousands. (laughs) I I definitely, I I never got the, um, oh, Scott is 
lost in thought one day he's going to be a deep thinker um thing it was more like scott's an irresponsible idiot um and so like and so then so i have to like okay well maybe they'll accept a photograph of my of my vaccination card or the yale thing so i kind of look i look through the policies and they're like could not be more explicit that like the only thing they will accept is the CDC card the one thing I don't have, right? So, um, first, first of all, they're 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 really smart because what they did was they said to check to get your badge, you will have we contracted with an independent vendor who will assess whether you meet the criteria. The criteria is only that you have the CDC uh, card. So basically what they're saying is you can't speak to us because it's not our decision. It's like the oversight board, right? Like they just like said, basically don't come to us. So like, there's just no way they're like, photos don't count. Um, other kinds of state passes don't count. It has to be a CDC card, which I think is hysterical. Wait, please like, tell me, Scott, please yeah, tell me that yeah. you responded to this by having a temper tantrum uh, about your HIPAA rights, uh, and, um, and that you, you know there are multiple people who filmed you being a Karen, um, and having a you know, and that you're now going to be a Fox News superhero because you I, I, you demanded that there be no vaccine mandates and vaccine passports at DefCon and Black Hat. I I really I'm 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 like, you know another victim of of the covid pandemic power grab you know like i i didn't have my card and therefore couldn't get the badge to get into the in-person briefings and if that's not fascism i don't know what is so um what happens is um i like so i call my wife right and like you know I don't want to talk about what my, the whole deal is like not allowed to talk about my wife on the show for, for good reasons. Um, um, but let me just say like, she was busy person. She works, she's a very busy person. So I'm calling, I said, like, can you stop what you're doing and find a vaccine card and go out and FedEx it? And she's like, wait, you didn't bring it. Like, like it's whatever. I had to go through the whole thing about, no, I didn't bring it. No, like, did you know beforehand? Yes, I knew I should have known, whatever. I didn't read the email. Okay, whatever, go through the whole thing, right? So she's like, where is it? And so I like, go through the whole hunt of the house. Well, maybe it's, maybe I left it in my jacket and like, nobody, like, where's your jacket? Oh my God, you I, didn't even know where it was, tell her. <laughs> no, I didn't know where it was. And then at one point. Like, it might be in the cheese drawer in the refrigerator. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I hope, I hope she said to you, we are she, not allowed to have fun. <laughs> so, but the thing the is, she's, being it. she's being really nice. But of course, like it's, it is like irritating after a while. It's like, well, you know, if you don't know where your coat is, like, does it make sense for us to hunt for the, your coat? If you don't even know that the card is in the coat. And I'm like, no, maybe that's right. Maybe look again in the front, but the, anyway, go to the, at then, so she, at, so she, she's like, I get a, I get a email from her 
she can't find the phone because she put it down to look for something. So now I'm like another step further away from my goal of getting into DEFCON because my wife can't find her phone that should be used using to find the DEFCON card, the, the vaccine card to go to FedEx to me. Now, I don't, of course, I don't know, like, I have to have it sent to the Mandalay Bay. Like, there's 8 million billion people. Like, will FedEx even find me? You know, like, I have things like that finally. It turns out that I said, did you look in the, it, it turns out that it was, my wife found the phone, okay? Doesn't matter where important, it was. Important first step. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We're, we're popping the stack and we're moving. She found the phone. Through the phone, we were able to um, uh, find the vaccine card. I was then able to, but anyway, it took about five hours um, for the vaccine, for all the address and everything to get it um, uh, done. But it was that sense of not just not be, uh, like having flown all the way to Las Vegas and not being able to go to DEF CON, but also just to be that little kid again, you know, to be that who doesn't have the permission slip. And the thing is, it's like, it's like, um, like, you know, you may have a, um, there's, there's kind of like, with your principal or your teacher, you have this thing that like, if you plead with them and you like, these are like security people, no way. It ain't working with them. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that it's so ironic that this is a hacking conference. It's like the, you know, like the premier hacking conference in the world. And the only thing they'll accept is a piece of paper. You know, like there's absolutely no, there's no technological thing. It's because but, they're hackers. Right? <laughs> right, they, exactly. they, they know that, that if there were an app the for this, here. you could spoof it. Yeah, so I said this to my friend, and he then said, yes, but how much easier is it to hack a piece of paper than to hack a website? So it's true, you can hack a website, but it's much easier to hack a piece of paper which doesn't even have a stamp on it. So like that's the thing. Like, like you we literally could have printed it on yeah, cardstock. Right, like exactly. <laughs> right. So 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 the thing is like it's the issue is not could a hacker hack it. The question is what's easier to hack, the piece of paper or some official looking exosier pass from New York State? Probably, probably the former because <clears throat> I think you just need Microsoft Paint. Now, I would like to propose <laughs> a very simple solution to this problem yeah. that uh, I'm being totally serious here. This is in no sense a joke. And the only reason people are going to think that I'm joking is that uh, the, um, uh, the liberties industrial complex of the right has uh, convinced Ooh, us that, that, that this is, you know, that these kind of talk is like the first step to seizure of your Bibles. Right, there right. are two big entities. One is the US federal government, which wrote those little cards for everybody. Uh, and um, the, you know, the Center for Disease Control. And the other is Google and Apple, who produce between them the operating systems for every single one of these. And uh, if we could get them to talk to each other, 
the CDC could tell Google and Apple who is and who is not vaccinated. And uh, they could put it out on your uh, phone and it could be embedded in your operating system that if you were needed to show proof of vaccination, like say a vaccine passport to get into DEF CON, you would whip out your phone, assuming you could find your phone, which is a problem for Scott's wife, <laughs> um, but not a problem for Scott. You whip out your phone and you say, let me text it to you. And you send them a little code or you show them a little, you know, QFs, QRC, uh, you know, thing, you hold it up, they go ding. And they're like, oh, he's fucking vaccinated. Let him into DEF CON. And there are only two entities that we need to cooperate to do that. One is the Center for Disease Control, run by my old high school buddy, Rochelle Walensky, who should come Ooh. on in lieu of fun and defend her agency's failure to do this. Um, and the second is Google, <laughs> which makes Android, and they should come on this show and defend their failure to do this. Fuck it, and fuck it, Ben, 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 Ben. Let's just subpoena them. Let's subpoena them. Damn straight. <laughs> we'll, we'll, them. we'll be the, <laughs> the cyber ninjas. <laughs> I just say, I really just, let's play hardball. <laughs> I want to just say for a second, I know that you guys, this is like, Scott, this is giving me, <clears throat> I don't think I told you on the flight back from Montana, I had my, uh, while all the wheat berries went all over the airport. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, I was picking them up and I put my vac my vaccine card and my passport in like the side pouch of my backpack that, that I like had, like I've traveled with it there before. It's not that big a deal, but I just kind of popped it in and either somebody stole it or it got like lock, it got knocked out in like the overhead bin and I lost my vaccine card and my passport. That, that means you have to get vaccinated again. I, I mean, like maybe, I th I mean, this gives me great agita, this story that you're telling, because I'm just like, okay, I'm just, there's just gonna be things that are closed to me to do if I don't have a stupid like vaccine card printed on. Anyways, it's She horrible. doesn't have I, a vaccine passport or a regular passport. Yeah. I, I mean, that, I mean, first of all, I'm sorry. To, I'm really sorry to hear that because I mean, there's nothing to do. I filed all of the lost things. I've called every airport. I've called the called Delta. They're searching for it, but I think it's like gone and I've searched everywhere. I'm going to wait like two weeks to see if it shows up in the mail and then I'll start like filing for a new one. But like all of my stamps, I had like 10 years of travel in there anyways. And well, my well, kind of historic get... vaccine card, which they won't give you a new one. What? They won't give you a new one. They won't give you a new card. Yeah, they won't give you a replacement. There's no replacement card. So hold on to yours, like tape it to your body. Because like, there's, they won't even give you a new replacement card. They like literally, like will give you a letter certifying that you've been vaccinated, but they won't give you the card. We got like a whole speech after we were vaccinated. They're like, do not lose this. <laughs> I was like, okay. wow, wow. Okay. So, well, that is, so, but I would, I will, I will say that, um, uh, 
Black Hat didn't do it, but DEF CON did, and they were, I, I just, I just got my thing today. They were unbelievably strict about it. I mean, there was like, they really went through a whole, rig, uh, like, rigid protocol um, for it. Um, and so anyway, yeah, I, 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 that, that, I'm sorry if that's an issue, uh, if that'll be an issue for you. I mean, the Excelsior Pass of New York State, which if you've gotten the vaccine in New York State, did you get it in New York State, Kate? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. well then it, you the, the Excelsior Pass is like unbelievably easy to set up if you had it done near, did you get it set up, um, uh, Genevieve? Yeah, I did. It takes like three minutes, like if that. It's really? So yeah. I need a, I have pictures of my card. Yeah, that's but it. That's all. That's all you, you just need the dates and the information. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so, so it, it, it I, I, it, I feel like that the, the, the reason why they did it this way with the cards this time was that it was instituted like at very late in the day, but that as this becomes like a thing, like now to get into New York City restaurants, you need proof of vaccine. I think just the Excelsior passes is, is is that so it is I, I, that's what yeah. John said he sent that to me and yeah. I've got that set up so I think I'll be fine until like and then I'll carry the letter around or whatever yeah. but yeah. I'm just like mad at myself for putting it all in the same place but like kind of as we learned uh from that wonderful philosopher whose name is uh escaping me about the stoics uh, uh Massimo? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Massimo. Massimo, right. yeah. That, and I was like, but I was, I'm doing a very Massimo approach. Like, there's nothing I can do. It's gone. <laughs> I looked everywhere. I'm well, just you, fucked. You better, just, order, you better order another passport now because it takes months and months and months. Uh, oh, God. And you have travel coming up. I do have travel coming up. Oh, that's a good point. I will order it now. I'll do it. So I have now. a serious you guys question. talk amongst yourselves. I have a serious up. question for Scott. <laughs> yeah. Because... Um, Scott is in a hotel room in Las Vegas. Yes. And um, I want to know what he can see out of his window. Oh, I, I so I, I, I have a, so I'm at, C, I'm, I'm at Caesars and I have a good view out of my window. Let me show, I was going to show everyone and I was going to set it up this way, but it's so backlit. Because um, I have a story about okay, views out of a, hotel rooms in Las oh, Vegas. Okay, 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 here we go. Can you, can can you see, or is it too? Um, oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's a good Las Vegas view. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you no, have something totally fake, a swimming pool, and a desert in the background. It's what's kind of the fake, right? what's the fake thing? <laughs> I don't know the Roman balustrade thing. What is it made out of cardboard? It's well, a real I, fake the, Roman balustrade. <laughs> well, that's the essence of Vegas, is a real <laughs> fake. You know, when I was a small child once, uh, my mother took me to a fair, and, uh, you know, there were these carnies uh, trying to get you to throw beanbags at things, and they promised, one of them promised, the prize, if you won, was a real shark's tooth from a simulated shark. And my mother thought that was very funny, and um, I didn't, that's how I learned the word simulate, because uh, I didn't know what it meant. Um, and she explained to me that he was promising, you know, a real shark suit from a fake shark. And I think that's the perfect metaphor for Las Vegas. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's yeah. actually a, it's the realest fake Eiffel Tower in the world. It's a, it's, it's a perfect, real 
fake Venice. Um, you know, you got your real Sphinx from a fake Egypt. Um, it's it's exactly like that, and I think it's beautiful. I, I love Las Vegas. Um, uh, can, can, can I be just uh, like, I just introduce like a so you introduced the postmodern note. I want to introduce the, 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 like the philosophical, at least this is what Las Vegas means to me, which is that like Plato had this idea, right? That the real world with not the real world, right? That the world that of the senses, the world that we see is not the real world. The real world is the real world of the forms. And that this is like, in some sense, a projection, a shadow of what is real. And so the metaphor of the cave, of the philosopher leading people out of the cave to the light is like seeing that the real, that the world of the senses is not real, it's really. I feel like that the, the, it's Plato's understanding of what we think of as the real world is like what we think of Las Vegas compared to the real world. You know what I mean? Like, like we when you see a fake. Except that Eiffel Plato's Cap not funny, and Las Vegas is consistently it's, it's, funny. Oh, I so I I think I think I think Plato and Socrates. I think they thought that human beings were really funny in their foolishness. Um, I think they were. <laughs> anyway, but that that sense of it just like the like. Um, and, 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 and what's upsetting in some sense for, for, I think, some people who go to Las Vegas is that you see other people not realizing that it's fake. That is, yep. that there's a way, yeah. That's so part of I, what I love about it. Right, but so that's why I feel like it's like the Plato philosophy, like the philosopher thing. We're like, some people are, call them coastal, are looking at other people, um, as 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 Plato thought, the philosopher looked at ordinary people mistaking the real world for. I I understand much better now because originally I thought you were going with we're leading people back into the cave and that is the oh, Vegas no. allure. It's <laughs> <was> like. <laughs> so no, no, I want I want to tell you my story about the last time I was in Las Vegas. Uh, Brookings has a relationship with the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, which is my favorite university in the world. Um, and I mean that without a trace of irony. Uh, just one statistic to blow your mind about the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. This is the second most diverse university in the country after, um, after Rutgers. Uh, and 75% of the undergraduate students there are the first person in their uh, family to go to college. So you're That's talking awesome. about uh, just an incredible engine of upward mobility uh, in American society. Las Vegas is one of the very few cities in the world uh, that has, or at least in the United States, and I think probably in the world, that has higher than average standard of living and uh, with lower than average educational attainment. And the reason for that is that there are a huge number of people who are working in the, uh, uh, in the uh, entertainment um, and uh, hospitality sectors and these are you know everything from car dealers to strippers and mm. dancers um, and uh, they have often very low educational attainment but these are very good paying jobs 
and so they have kids who are likely to uh, actually go to college. And the University of Nevada, Las Vegas is this engine by which you translate mm -hmm. family backgrounds like that into actual uh, 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 professional careers over time. Uh, and so I think the University of Nevada, Las Vegas is fascinating and I love it. And um, I, uh, Brookings has a relationship with it and in which we sometimes get asked to go spend a week out there um, and give some lectures. Um, I don't get to participate in it much because national security and law are relatively far from the minds of uh, most students and faculty at UNLV. But I was asked to go and spend a week out there once, and I um, decided that um, uh, if I was going to do that, God damn it, I was going to stay on the Las Vegas Strip, which I hadn't been in, and you know I was going to actually, like, you know, spend like understand the economy of the place. So I booked a room at the Bellagio. Um, because it was my Ocean's Eleven, you know, kind of fantasy of the uh, of of Las Vegas, and I check in, and I go upstairs to a room very much like the room Scott is in now, and I look out the window, and there is Trump Tower, Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> the, the Trump Hotel in Las Vegas, giant and gold, glinting in the sunlight. And I snapped a picture of it and I tweeted it with something plaintive, like, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> and that is my story about Scott's that's, hotel room. That's, that, that, that's uh, great. I mean, it, it, he doesn't, ha um, it, is, is there a Trump hotel in Las Vegas anymore? Well, I don't know. There was a couple, few years ago. Yeah, right, and, yeah. Cause um, I, I, hang on, yeah. I'll find it. Yeah. Um, by the way, so I just want to say like the, um, like I, I was one, probably the highlight of the year, um, at, in the cybersecurity world is giving the first keynote at Black Hat and, um, yes, it's um, still there and it's still oh. glinting gold if you click on the, oh, really? the link. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, and I really felt very affronted and violated by it. I, I, I actually, it, I mean, that's kind of a funny story, and I'm sorry to laugh at your pain, but still kind of funny. Um, I was going to say that, um, so the, the, the person who gave the first keynote at Black Hat was Matt Tate, point all the things, who was, um, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he is, um, he is, he, that guy is just so damn smart. I mean, he just really just, I really, he really makes me feel bad about myself. And, you know, I mean, really, like he just talks and I think, are you just, you just. In the best uh, way. <laughs> yeah, no, right, no, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Like you just think, oh my God, you just have many, many, many neurons. Um, and he did a fantastic job. Um, and um, and uh, the, it, it's, it's really fun. You go from session to session on, kooky topics um, that are um, uh, and interesting topics. It's really a, a tremendous amount of fun, actually. So um, that that what that's the fun thing. The not fun thing is that um, uh, is that uh, 
it, it, it is kind of disgusting. The, uh, the, the like Las Vegas. I mean, the Strip at least. The the Strip is a is a it's a kind of sad. Um, I don't know. It's 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 uh, it doesn't highlight the best in all of us. Um, I hate it. We did like a huge Southwest Parks. Um, tour for spring break uh. a couple years ago, John and I, and he was like convinced that I would actually really maybe get a kick out of Vegas. <laughs> and I was like, so depressed, like walking through and like just seeing, like I'm always depressed in casinos. I find them horribly depressing. Um, but I thought that there would be like, we have a friend who regularly goes to we have a few friends. It's kind of common, actually. People who are really good at like coding and stuff are also sometimes professional poker players or professional blackjack players or amateur mm. uh, or the other. But like, he keeps every time he like goes for a long walk, he like tells us like if something happens to me and he's like going on a hike by himself, remember to scatter my ashes at my favorite blackjack table and like Ooh. at the like at the whatever. And I'm just like. Uh, like of all the things to tell people <laughs> like that is like I almost like wouldn't want to die just because I wouldn't want people to know that that was my last wish I have like, so many questions is it the table is it the dealer is it the, the ta- like what I don't also know. would it still be your favorite blackjack table if it had ashes like a dead guy on it yeah no i don't know but it's just like <laughs> the table of doom i know i think it's a very funny i think it's kind of a very funny story but i don't get it at all i'm glad that you like do you i don't like i think that john finds it like kind of like farcical kind of like not yeah, the, not it, the the dead guy thing but the like vegas itself like exactly for the reasons that you're kind of talking like people think i find it, it mesmerizing yeah, and, like, I, like he, like, and I've never like gambled. That. I've never, like, Same. at all ever. Same. I've never put a dime in a, in a. I, but I love walking around it and watching the gross stuff that Scott is referring to. I love the real fake kitsch thing. <laughs> I love the uh, giganticism of the of the complexes. That's a great word. That's that's such a right. It's it's a form of giganticism, which it's it's not. Yeah, that's it's not real. It's not real, and I also love how disposable everything is. That each each of these hotels, every ten years or so, they just blow it up and they build another one. Yeah. Um, which you I know that too. I like, I love such... that. But like the other thing is that when I was there. And you can imagine this is like I have no idea what any of the rules are at any of these tables, and so I have like some money, and then I like go and hand it to the lady, and she's like, "Get that! Do not put that in my face." I'm like, "I'm like, what's going on?" She's like, "Put it on the table. You put it on the table." I'm like, "Whoops!" What a norm! <laughs> like, what a gambling yeah, norm! It's all norms, but I'm like, like just kind of like dot dot dot, like just completely <laughs> innocent and blundering through. But like, it's it's like. It's exactly like Scott said with the security guys at like Black Hat. It's just like they don't care that you're an idiot that don't, doesn't know the rules. <laughs> They're going to like, like chase you down and like tackle you and drag you off the premises if you like happen to do something that is like horribly, um, horribly well, antithetical to the norms or the rules of. But, like, it, I but it's not. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Genevieve. No, no, no. I have a deep fear of accidentally doing something that will make me look suspicious, like innocently doing something and then being pulled yes. into a back room yes. where there it's like very like cowboyish and like I don't know what you have in this governance of this bizarre place. Like it makes me very on edge. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, right. That fear of being framed and, and <laughs> I don't um, know. yeah, yeah. The, but the thing is, um, uh, so uh, casino security is probably the most sophisticated security um, there is. Um, and in fact, one of the things that they do use um, is infrared sensors to see when your face, your your face lights up, heats up. Yeah. Um, uh, because in, indicative of, of kind of like you may have a very strong hand or you might be cheating or something like that. That feels like um, uh that that feels invasive to me. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Kind of, a HIPAA violation, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a healthcare <laughs> provider. <laughs> They're the really way. not no. looking out for your health. Don't bring facts to a feeling story. Then. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I just wanted to say that that's right. The, the thing about my 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 card um, uh, that I that the story that I let off with was another example i'm another victim of of this rampant hipaa violating which which COVID has brought about it's really quite terrible um it um, is terrible it really is terrible um and i'm really glad that we haven't been doing like i'm glad nobody said how was las vegas because that <laughs> like it's asked the directly you know that that would or been. how are you feeling are you experiencing <laughs> jet lag are you tired uh, these are all inducements to hipaa violations no that uh, first of all we have that on our um on our cheat sheet those are the not asks <laughs> um you know kind of kind of thing um so, Should we bring um, in some audience members? Oh God! Yeah, I to violate that. their HIPAA rights. I just applied. Yeah. I just reported my passport lost and applied for a new one expedited. So Yay. wish me luck that it arrives before. You're gonna get the new one, and someone's gonna find country. your old one, and they're gonna come at the exact same time. I know. That's <laughs> what. That's <laughs> I'm very aware. Maybe I can sell one. I didn't say that. That was a joke. <laughs> people who are watching me from the federal government. <laughs> so I think we should start with an invasive medical question from each guest, uh, each audience member we bring no, on. No, Ben, um, absolutely uh, not. Absolutely. Sure no, we're, we're I'm gonna, just going to mute you. We're going to do this. <laughs> I, but there is, I, there is also a place for the facial body temperature sensing in like they, our that's COVID into, world. It's built into Crowdcast now. It, yeah. It's Kate in can see. Doing great surveillance. <laughs> Kate, Kate can see your uh, your emotional response on on the on the captaining dashboard. panel. I would yeah. love it on if it subtitles it and it's just like stressed, giggling, <laughs> confused. Oh man, there's it's so like, have much. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen when like it breaks on like the image recognition that they use? Hi, Richard. Hold on one second. Hello. Hi, what's your platelet count? <laughs> <laughs> muting you but have you ever seen when like there are images and they like they've been tagged as something so that they can attach ads to them and they break and all of a sudden you just see the image label name have you ever seen this happen and it's just yes. like picture of puppies or like picture of whatever and it shows up instead of the picture 
Um, that's like kind of what I imagine ours would be like. And so I would like everyone to think about what your image tag would be if you're if suddenly your image on in lieu of fun broke, what would be the default image tag that like AI would have set up for whatever your image is? <laughs> I love this so much. Yeah, I, yeah, but just make make sure that that's not personal <laughs> health information. Well, like Ben's, I think would be like sloth like it would be okay. like, like the image because i'm like, hanging yes because the co- <laughs> like because you're in this hammock and i feel like that the computer would have just been like sloth that's a sloth i've got it nailed it like <laughs> yeah my mine would be high billy rubin <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good <laughs> okay We'll wait for Genevieve's and mine in a second. And Richard has a really good, uh, really great question for R- us. Richard, who's yeah. Billy Rubin, is in, is in solidly in the normal level. Well. has a good question for us. Um, so I, um, I, I'm like the cooking moron. Um, and uh, so when I, and the worst thing that's happened uh, this week is my wife went out of town, so I have no... I have no help trying to get myself out of the hole that I've dug. And so I made this potato salad, and it was supposed to be good, but it has no taste. Um, In lieu of fun, we have tasteless potato salad. (laughs) Yeah, and so I, uh, you know, know, it's it's not a wholly typical potato salad. It has tomato and and basil and olive oil. I guess olive oil is pretty typical, but... You know, Wait, salt. this is a potato salad you're saying, or a tomato yeah, salad? it's a p- potato salad, but it has tomatoes in it. Did you salt okay. the water when you were boiling the potatoes? No, I didn't. Okay. How much salt did you put in it? Um, I just kept putting, I have been putting salt in it since I found that it, it had no okay? taste. Is it still okay right now, though? Because I don't want uh, to, no more salt. It, yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to go overboard on the salt, so... Um, what about what about um, a vinegar? So that's vinegar. usually what is in my potato salad, a vinegar. Okay, and a, I don't know if you like creamy potato salad, but traditionally we do like a mix in my family of like sour cream and a little bit of mayonnaise. And then like we mix in like a little bit of like cider vinegar or white vinegar. I can send you a recipe and you kind of like mix it in and it like kind of just like gives it or my mom likes to add her secret thing is doing a ta- like a packet of like the dried italian mm. dressing um see uh, well, it italian dressing it was, seasoning. It, it was secret until 10 seconds ago <laughs> <laughs> do you think people are watching this um there's like there i mean <laughs> it's it's it's, it's the thing is, there may speaking not. Speaking of which, everybody needs to tweet this episode because, uh, and the podcast versions that we're sending out, because you know people like Tony Kava are abandoning us right and left, going back to work. If we don't expand audience, pretty soon we'll be just down to the four of us talking to ourselves. <laughs> um, and so, um, you guys gotta step up here and you know use all the socials. Make TikTok videos about us. Um, but, uh, but Richard, yeah, I don't know. What, Scott, what was your idea? Oh, oh for potato salad? I, 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 would, I would say that 
I, in all honesty, you gave the perfect answer. So anything that I would say would be either redundant or wrong. Well, Richard, do you hate creamy potato salad? Do you like no, it? No, no, I, oh. I, 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 you know, I'll eat. I don't care about texture. Well, I do care about texture sometimes, but not right now. I just care about. You just about want to taste. have something that like wants to taste delicious. Yeah, I, yes, I, 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 I don't want to feel like I'm a victim of COVID. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh because it doesn't have that, any taste. That that would yeah. be a that would be a hypocrisy. I almost violation. forgot that that so, was a symptom what? of COVID. What? I almost it, forgot it, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but but that that was just a victim of COVID, uh, some uh, a violation of COVID that you just did. Richard, please. I shouldn't have. Wrote. I shouldn't have told you about the taste. That was oh my bad. Right. Oh my that god. Was, that was. To get us arrested by the DEFCON oh, people. Yeah, I'm not even <laughs> sure. Don't tweet this out because I yeah. think. Every, I, I think every tweet itself is a new HIPAA violation. Oh, great. Um, so, well, are, are, yeah. my, are, are my ferocious miniature schnauzers going to protect me from the authorities when they come? I hear they bring dog treats, so probably not, oh, if they're oh, easily great. distracted. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a goner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, Richard, well, let I'll, us know how it turns out. I'll do. Yeah, we'll do. Take care. I feel like that was a very car talk moment. So, like, what kind of sound does it make when it's broken? Like, what does it do? Maybe when we should do. Gears? Maybe we should do a car talk like <laughs> episode that, that all we do is about take. cars. No, no, no. Just we okay. take questions and give advice and stuff. The car talk episodes are not really that much about cars either. No, they're not. That is kind of that is kind of the the trick of car talk. Oh my god, we should get Tom and Ray as guests. My heart would stop. That would just be, uh, that would be too amazing. Okay, um, well, we have a couple of questions. I tried to, I'm trying to rapture Mateo, but he's probably Whoa, like off, Lisa like on a walk. Lisa at Pet Noodle says she was on Car Talk once. Oh man, Ooh, that is the episode for us. Uh, that is, uh, like, like I'm for Um You need yeah, to come on and tell us that story. Um, yeah, that does sound like a good story. I mean, hold on. I'm like trying to figure out. So I, I raptured. I'm trying to rapture in. Um, you don't want to Hi, Richard. Hi. <laughs> I'm to see. Back from the HIPAA violation. Uh, yeah. Whoops. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Sorry, oh. Richard. <laughs> uh, see, this is what happens when I go to Vegas. And then I like get into all kinds of trouble. <laughs> um okay we have mateo coming on um i want to i want to uh read james puckett's question he said who's the better paul mitch mcconnell or nancy pelosi they're both in reliably safe district and state so it wouldn't necessarily put campaigning in there as a qualifier but my money is on Pelosi. She worked as a major pieces of legislation with four different presidents and got the gavel back. What I'm interested to hear people's thoughts. I, I don't really have a, I don't have a, I don't have an insight on this one. I feel like it could go multiple ways, couldn't it? Because it's like, what is our rubric? Are we saying like just survivability? Because they both are extremely adaptable. 
and have right. shown that they're willing to do what they need to do to survive, like survive within their party and also for their party's like platform. But it, is that is that it or or like I don't know. But I mean, like, I take poll to be like when he you use it in that term. Who's the better poll? Like poll, like po- politician. Yeah. Like I take it to be kind of like who's like who's making the backroom deals and like keeping the party together and making oh. moves that no one else knows about. But then th- that didn't seem like that was necessarily like the rest of the question. But anyways, I don't think it's easy to compare them honestly. Because for one thing, they're trying to do different things. Um, McConnell went, Pelosi has shepherded many, many pieces of very major legislation. When McConnell has tried to do that, he has largely failed. Um, uh, He could not get Obamacare repealed despite having a, a substantial Senate majority. Uh, he did manage the tax cut um, mm-hmm. on a number of occasions, but that's the closest thing to consensus Republican politics that exists. On the other hand, McConnell uh, uh, has dark arts capabilities that you know are really dramatically impressive, and you know, the thing that he cares about most in life is getting judges confirmed and preventing the other side from getting judges confirmed. That is not a skill that Nancy Pelosi uh, plays with because the House has no role in it. And so they're emphasizing very different, and, and he has been just remarkably effective at this over time. The other thing, people forget this about Mitch McConnell, that he cares about most deeply in life is the role of money in politics, which is to say he's for it, um, and preventing preventing campaign finance reform as liberals understand it, and also shifting the Overton window of what is irregulable. Um, he's been just incredibly effective at that over time, and Pelosi, there's no there's no comparable obsession on her part that you can compare to. So I think they're, they've just tried to do very different things and they're both really, really effective at what they've done. And if you're comparing it as a matter of art, it's a little bit like comparing an electric guitarist to a bassoonist and saying which one's the better musician. Well, they're both extremely good at what they do and you um, you can evaluate the morality or political attractiveness of what they do, but if you're just evaluating how good they are at it, uh, look, Pelosi is the best manager of the House of Representatives uh, probably since Tip O'Neill, um, and uh, she has a much harder job than Tip O'Neill had. Um, so she may be better. Um, she's got, um, and Mitch McConnell has managed things in the Senate that many of us hoped were impossible. So I, I, I don't, I don't know how to compare them to one another. Can I ask a quick question? How differentiated do their skill sets have to be for one for just the House versus the Senate? Are they extremely different? Or oh. they're pretty different? Okay. I mean, so. 
you know, the house running the House caucus is about managing factions. Um, running the Senate a Senate caucus is about managing individuals. Uh, if you're Mitch McConnell, you have to deal with Ted Cruz, right? That's a that's a like a you have to deal with Josh Hawley, right? There are literally 49 people who Mitch McConnell has to manage, plus he has to manage his relationship with the Democratic caucus, which is kind of a block from his point of view. Um, uh, but Nancy Pelosi is a, is a um, think of her as a general. Um, she's got a bunch of chieftains working for her, the Adam Schiff's and the uh, uh, Zoe Lofgren's and the, right, but these are her field commanders and she's a kind of Eisenhower-like figure. She's not, she's not interacting individually with the troops. Um, she's largely not dealing with individuals. She's dealing with teams. And that's just the nature of the fact that she's got 225 people in her group, and she's you you you're running that by running by running crews. Um, and so I think it's it's one is very bespoke, and the other is a little bit more like being a I, I don't know. It's 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 a little bit more. Uh, um, you can say it has fewer pieces because it's there are fewer committee chair, which are kind of her her big teams, but or you can say there are more pieces because there's 220 of them rather than 49 of them. But if you're the Republican caucus leader or the Democratic caucus leader, that's 49 individual chess pieces you have to move, and even the ones who are reliably on your side have super idiosyncratic needs that you have to serve. And so, I, I, look, I, I, I think, um, I, I mean, I am not a fan of Mitch McConnell um, by any means. Um, he is exceptionally skilled. Any thoughts, Scott? <clears throat> no, I mean, you gave the perfect potato salad answer. Ben gave the perfect um, uh, well, Pelosi McConnell answer. This next one is for you. Okay. Um, hi, John. Hi, Kate. Uh, my nice question to see you. Be a whole show, so I don't know what you want me to do with it. Um, but, okay, so we've it's been announced that Apple is going to automatically search iPhones for child sexual assault material. And that's today's huge news. And the reason this is a big question is what else can they search for and who else can decide it? It's the, you know, the child porn issue is not such a big deal in of itself, but it's the implications that roll from that. Yeah. So. Awesome. So this what? is a big deal because messaging, iMessage on, on Apple and most of their stuff, including their, their cloud services, is encrypted. And they have made a point about running certain types of hashes for certain types of material in certain types of spaces, but not on various other types of things. So the fact that this is like happening is what we would call like a backdoor that Apple is voluntarily creating to their end-to-end -end encrypted kind of network 
to allow for the screening of CSAM, but unclear whether or not that's going to end the fear has always been by people who are concerned with privacy and civil liberties versus people who are concerned with the harms that such kind of such things uh, I'm sorry. like help kind of happen is that this is the beginning of the end. So I'm sorry, can I, guys, because I didn't see any reports on it. Is it that they just agreed to do more hashes or did they actually literally like build a back door, like a building a back door is like, you know, give this code and then you get, you go right in. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a, it, which one is it? Because if it's, it's the latter. Well, I'll put part? the TechCrunch link that I wrote about this, oh, okay. uh, that I read about this, and John's okay. correct, we could spend a whole day on it, but I think it's just like a good thing to talk about. It's going to use neural hash, which is like its new detection technology, and it's going to use it if there's any type of um, known child abuse imagery that gets uploaded to the to iCloud, which this is important because like it's not unknown, untagged, unhashed material, it's just hash it's there's no ai recognizing that something is inherently child sexual okay. abuse material so if it's new or novel and hasn't been seen by like nick mick or whoever makes the hash database then it's not going to be right uh, so, findable yeah, so, yeah that so that's that feels to me less like a backdoor in the sense of um it's just searching for these hashes um which um uh so Anyway, I'm sorry, I, I to interrupt. No, I, this question was for you. What do you think about it? Do you think it's like, if it, they do use like a, just a filter and it's just for hashes? Yeah, like, I, I, it, the, the thing is, I don't, um, you know, if if you're, you're searching for these well-known identifiers and the thing about a hash is that it's particular to a specific object um and that um it's it's very difficult to go um uh from the hash to the thing itself so it's like very hard to reconstruct things from the hash but um it's hashes are are pretty good at identifying things um that are um that are there so i don't know by itself it doesn't sound to me so catastrophic um i guess that's maybe the fear always with the camel's nose under the tent is that it's just the camel's nose um, um but i don't know i haven't read about it um and um one of the things that um is really quite interesting um when we had we, i spoke about matt tate who gave the um uh the keynote at black hat he when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks ago with, uh, with, uh, Ben, um, we were talking, uh, he had mentioned that, um, his views about encryption and maybe the need for greater law enforcement access or other types of access to police CSAM, um, uh, child sex abuse material, um, really was, affected by him working in on those cases um and that they were so disturbing and much and and more prevalent than you might have thought um so um it's hard to know the, uh, for for somebody um 
I don't know, maybe if you were a researcher, you knew this, um, these exact numbers, but how prevalent is CSAM? Is it wor I mean, you know, how do we balance the risk to these um, uh, minors who are being abused sexually and general concerns about civil liberties? I don't know. I don't know if we have good numbers on that. We don't have good numbers. Uh, the numbers are right. huge. Uh, I mean, oh, oh, I see. The, they, the, that is, they, they way understate. Is your point? I, I mean, look. Every time somebody tries to count this, by in whatever means you try to count, uh, the numbers always shock you with how big they are. So oh, really? I'll give you just one example from personal experience. Uh, I tried once to figure out how many sexual extortion cases I could find. Um, and I put a team together to find all the cases of sextortion that had been prosecuted in the United States that we could find. Uh, the number of victims was astounding. Um, mm we found upwards of 80 cases uh, between them accounting for somewhere between six and 9,000 victims. Um, and so, wow. look, I don't know what the right answer with any of these questions is. I am, this is actually how I met Matt Tate years ago because um, of these cases. and. I don't know what the right answer is with respect to what kind of access for whom, but nobody should understand, nobody should understate the magnitude of this problem. It's also not just about kids. It's about, um, uh, there is a big problem on the child sexual abuse front. There's also a huge problem on the violence against adult women uh, front. The volume, the, the, number of victims in just of adult female victims is very very high and there's a uh and there's a big big problem in the department of non-out gays particularly in parts of the world that we don't think about very much where people can get killed um but you know the amount of uh you know, demanding money or sex for people in exchange for not outing them in a situation in which they can be abused or killed or subject to honor killing if they're uh, outed. Uh, just the, the magnitude of the problem is super, super big. And, um, and I, don't, I don't know what the right kind of access for whom is to solve it, and I'm not dogmatic on the point, but I do hate it when the techno-libertarians pretend there's not a problem. Um, yeah, we should do an episode on this. We should either have Matt Tate back on, or Alex Damos, he would be great, um, or like anyone that like wants to talk about, them. maybe Nick Nick could come back on or something. We should have my we should have my friend. Uh, 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 who's a, if DOJ will let her, she prosecutes these cases. Um, yeah. uh, and um, she's a, uh, she came to it from computer crimes and like not a sex crimes background, um, but is become obsessed with the sextortion cases. Her name yeah. is Mona Setke. Yep. Okay. 
That sounds right. that sounds really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're gonna go to headings question and wrap up. Hello. Hi. Thanks uh, for being so patient. No problem, Scott. You're in Vegas. You're representing uh, Yale Law School at uh, DefCon. Um, he has a big I, flag. He like waves yeah, it. He's like the Olympics. Uh, He's yeah. got a leotard. I, and, and and the you know whenever he waves that Yale Law School, the 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 lights go on, the phone lights go on, and people go yeah. <laughs> well, I I would just to say that you'll see. I do I do represent Yale Law School. By the way, I represent Yale Law School in many um, at many things on this show. By the way, I'm also by the way, um, the positions that I take are the positions of Yale Law School of my employer. Um, I just want that. I, I'm gonna, I, that I just want you to know that I'm going to freeze frame this and print out your QRC code and your badge and just <laughs> like make and come to Vegas and surprise shock the fuck out of you. Um, yeah, yeah, but you, yeah, because you're not going to. I'm sorry because you don't have your CDC card. Well, I'm just going to print one of those out, too. <laughs> going to distribute them to everyone in Vegas, so there'll be, like, dozens of, of Scott Shapiro's walking around. Right, right. Meanwhile, yeah, yeah. back in Hemming's universe. Yeah, very, very sorry for creating that tangent, but um, it, it made me think of something, because I think it's an open secret that hackers in movies are portrayed kind of ridiculous. Um, but that kind of that's got me worried that okay, what else is kind of portrayed ridiculous? I don't know anything about lawyering. Are lawyers portrayed equally ridiculous? Am I just not getting that? Are you are you cringing as much when you walk when you watch lawyers in movies as when you watch oh, oh yeah, in that, movies? Oh, uh, so this is like I mean, this is uh, we we need to have a show about this like. Like, like, to, you know, portray uh, like the kind of um, cinematic or um, media portrayal or common portrayal of lawyers and what being a lawyer is really like, um, um, and different kind of pathways and um, the 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 thing about um, hackers and lawyers that I think that are both the, the same kind of misconception that I see is that it's interesting. Um, <laughs> that um, and I and I mean this seriously. So, I, so actually, so like I would just say, thing, it's like if you do what I do, like you know, read security uh, papers, computer science papers, you know, dabble around with things, you know, or if you're a security researcher, it's really um, you know, it could be really interesting stuff, right? Um, the problem is, is that in this uh, um, the the great cybercrime group at Cambridge, they put out a, this, this um, article called Cybercrime is Really Boring. Um, basically, cybercrime is basically just um, like um, you have a dashboard and you're just like kind of making sure that you're like, get um, you know, registering for these domain names and making sure that you paid the money for your proxy server. It's just boring. And like the, the people at Reville, like partly they're running customer service. I mean, it's really boring. Same thing with being a lawyer. You think you're going into, you know, court and, you know, doing the Perry Mason thing. 
So you're like document you know, review. So you're right, exactly. The document review, you're getting, you're getting boxes and boxes and boxes, and you're going through the documents and you're looking for evidence. You're doing things like that. So it, it so the kind of, there's a sense I think um, you know obviously you're not going to make a TV show about document production or somebody like going through actually. Uh, that would be that's Scott. You and I have to write the screenplay about yeah, what a real first year associate right. goes through, and it it would just be like them sitting in a dark room and staring <laughs> at a wall. For, right, right. <laughs> big law, call it big law or something. It's yeah. I mean, it, it the it's it's um, yeah. And I think the same thing true for for um, so many cyber criminals that it's just, it's really is a boring thing to do. Um, uh, that's a, that, that, that actually, but, you know, hacking itself in various ways of hacking thing, I think that's terrifically interesting. And I think the high level stuff um, about it's really interesting. It's just, I mean, the practical, you know, you know, it's what, it's what they don't teach you before you get to professional hacker school. It's like that being a spy and how being a spy or being an right. undercover yeah. cop or whatever is like mostly sitting in a car on stakeouts, which are incredibly boring. Staring well, you know, the, there's a great That's joke about enough. this. There's a great yes. joke about this. And we, we will close with the joke. So um, a person, you know, gentleman dies after living a long life and uh, goes to see St. Peter, and St. Peter says, you know, you're kind of on the edge. I'm gonna give you a choice. The guy thinks about it, he says, look, I've heard all the hype, but tell me a little bit about heaven and hell. St. Peter says, I can do you better than tell you, I can show you. You wanna see what heaven's like? And the guy says, sure, and he says, whoosh. And the guy sees a scene unfold before him, and it's, a whole lot of people with wings on, sitting around reading the Bible, um, looking very pious and bored. And he says, you know, that's, it looks kind of dull. Uh, let me see how. So St. Peter waves his arm and a tavern scene opens up before him and everybody's sitting around with tankards and they're singing songs together and they're carousing and uh, uh, they're having a great time. And he says, you know, I, I know it's not the right choice, but I, I'm gonna go with hell. And St. Peter says, you know, as I said, the choice is yours and he waves his arm and the guy finds himself in a barren salt plain with a sulfurous odor and these jets of flame shooting up uh, from the ground and a little devil with a pitchfork comes up to him and pokes him with the fork and ties him up on a spit and uh, puts him over one of the jetting flames and kind of, you know, rotisseries him. And he says, wait a minute, this is not what St. Peter showed me. And the devil said, yeah, but then you were a summer associate. <laughs> <laughs> we are not allowed to have fun anymore we are allowed to have cheese night we will be back tomorrow who's our guest going to be scott uh lauren weisinger we're going to be teach, uh, teaching every talking about how to teach people how to hack we're going to be 
doing hacking cool. from DEFCON. It'll be 22 hours and 51 minutes from now. And until then, whoever wants to jump in. Genevieve. Genevieve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We don't have fun anymore, but in lieu of fun, thank God we have cheese knives. Yeah. You got it, man. Okay.